extend Christian greetings to you in the name of Jesus to each one here this morning. The time that we have before us is revival, and we all need it. And I pray and I hope, I trust that all of us have experienced revival. The Spirit of God being born again in your life and you are a new creation. However, as you journey on through life, we become lazy uh, in the groove of life. The, and, and we don't always pay attention to our spiritual life. And I hope this week, I trust this week would be one that either keeps us on track more or that it gets us back on track. It'll either be one or the other. And there's many things going through my mind. I have enjoyed the Sunday school lesson. There was, um, Lamar said, he said that men will want to die and they can't. And that's in the chapters in Revelation that we want to look at this morning. And the wrath of God, some of where my mind was, of course, at. So you may turn to Revelation chapter 8. We're going to look at chapter 8 and 9. I ask you to stay awake and alert. I may go quite rapidly through this. Just because I don't like to go over time. I don't think you do either. And... There is some things we don't know in this, these chapters as well. So what is there to say if you don't know? Uh, but before we go into chapter 8 and 9, I just want to back up in case some of you um, forget or weren't here. In chapter 1, and we're looking at the book of Revelation, chapter 1, John was given responsibility to write what he sees and, and also to send it to the churches. And John saw the one like unto the Son of Man. A description there of what he saw as it's said about the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last. And then chapters 2 and 3, you have the messages to the seven churches and the repetition there of to him that overcomes there's promises and also he that hath an ear let him hear what the spirit says to the churches and then chapter four the they call it the throne uh, set in heaven the throne room I don't know if it's a room but it's the the atmosphere there the the setting of a, of a throne in heaven and the ones worshiping around that throne. And the song we sang had a phrase in it about Jesus leaving that throne. And it was vivid in my mind of that. How could he leave a place of such... In our minds, we don't really comprehend it, but a place of all, a place of being before... Uh, him and yet Jesus as part of you know the Trinity there, uh, how he could leave that, but he did for me and for you. That's in chapter four, the throne, and the ones worshiping. Chapter five uh, begins with uh, there's a phrase somewhere in there about the it switches over to the things that shall be hereafter, the yet to come. Chapter five we did not look at yet plan to do that for the communion service. Chapter 6 and 7, we have opening of six of the seven seals and the sealing of the servants of God as they stood before the throne in robes, white robes holding palms. And so that brings us to chapter 8, which is the begins opening that last or the seventh seal. And so we're going to read Revelation chapter 8. If you care to follow along, you may. Revelation chapter 8, verse 1. And when he had opened the seventh seal, there was silence in heaven about the space of half an hour. And I saw the seven angels which stood before God, 
And to them were given seven trumpets. And another angel came and stood at the altar, having a golden censer. And there was given unto him much incense, that he should offer it with the prayers of all saints upon the golden altar, which was before the throne. And the smoke of the incense, which came with the prayers of the saints, ascended up before God out of the angel's hand. And the angel took the censer and filled it with the fire of the altar and cast it into the earth. And there were voices and thunderings and lightnings and an earthquake. And the seven angels which had the seven trumpets prepared themselves to sound. The first angel sounded, and there followed hail and fire mingled with blood, and they were cast upon the earth. And the third part of trees was burnt up, and all green grass was burnt up. And the second angel sounded, and as it were, a great mountain burning with fire was cast into the sea. And the third part of the sea became blood. And the third part of the creatures which were in the sea and had life died. And the third part of the ships were destroyed. And the third angel sounded, and there fell a great star from heaven, burning as it were a lamp. And it fell upon the third part of the rivers and upon the fountains of waters. And the name of that star, and the name of the star, is called Wormwood. And the third part of the waters became Wormwood. And many died of the waters because they were made bitter and the fourth angel sounded and the third part of the sun was smitten and the third part of the moon and the third part of the stars so as the third part of them was darkened and the day shone not for a third part of it and the night likewise and i beheld and heard an angel flying through the midst of heaven saying with a loud voice Woe, woe, woe to the inhabitants of the earth by reason of the other voices of the trumpet of the three angels which are yet to sound. That's what scripture says. I told my wife, if you read one commentary about Revelation, you almost get them all because there's so many variations that each one kind of refers to what the other one's saying, and I <clears throat> don't really have much more than just going down through verses by verses and, and maybe <clears throat> just trying for each of us just to get a little bit of a face value grasp of what's taking place. There is many ideas and opinions, but in chapter 8, we're just going to start. Chapter 8, verse 1, it says about, he opened the seventh seal and there was silence in heaven for about half an hour. Now, I don't know if half an hour is a long time or not. It depends where you are and what you're doing and what all that may mean. But it gives a little bit of a break or a pause before something else happens. And some say that's just the seventh seal is the opening and the beginning of the seven trumpets. Another one would say, nope, that's the end. And the seven trumpets are something different. It's a, it's a pause between the two. I don't really know. But nonetheless, silence usually involves rest and relaxation. And maybe there was a lot taking place and they just needed a time to, if you want to say, take a break and take it all in. And verse 2 says, I saw the seven angels which stood before God, and to them were given seven trumpets. Trumpets kind of, we know what trumpets are, but how uh, this all takes place with the Old Testament, and I was reading about Gideon, they would blow a trumpet and the people knew what that meant, and out of almost hundreds of thousands of people, they knew what to do, simply by blowing a trumpet. And now we know of seven trumpets being blown here, but also like a trumpet, um, a call to arms, uh, like for war, but also for giving signals in some of the the feasts and the the procedures that they would have done in the Old Testament. It just was, um, you know, used to the people knew what to do. But 
the way the trumpets are given here, it is a trumpet of warning. And I think it needs to be held for us that we need warned. Not just the ungodly out in the world. Depending on how you take this and you start seeing all these events and you wonder where the rapture fits into this, I don't know. But as of yet, I think we'll see it in 9, it talks about not hurting the people that have the seal of God in their forehead. A little hard to understand that, but I think there will be Christians and non-Christians here when these trumpets do sound. And maybe they have already. It's a little hard to tell. But these trumpets are going to sound. But then it just jumps into three, continues on in three. It says, And another angel came and stood at the altar, having a golden censer, and there was given unto him much incense, that he should offer it with the prayers of all saints upon the golden altar, which was before the throne. And just keeping going with four and five. And the smoke of the incense, which came with the prayers of the saints, ascended up before God out of the angel's hand. And the angel took the censer and filled it with the fire of the altar and cast it into the earth. And there were voices and thunderings and lightnings and earthquake. How important is prayer? And what really is taking place when we pray? In the eternal realm, it's as the incense coming up to God as a sweet smell. And here it talks about um, the prayers of the saints coming with the incense, uh, you know, in the spiritual way, in a physical way. It's a little hard to know all that. But nonetheless, when the prayers of people ascend up to God, it says the angel took the censer, filled it with fire, and cast it into the earth. We just had a Sunday school lesson about Elijah. And to realize that there was probably people, and it could only be one person, whose prayer ascended up to heaven, and it brought response of the angels there to take fire from the altar and to cast it to the earth. As you know of the sacrifice that was burned up, where fire comes down from heaven. That could be taken at face value here in this verse. Whether that's what it totally means, I don't know. But our prayers affect heaven. And there is power in heaven to do things on earth. Keeping on, uh, verse 6, And the seven angels which had the seven trumpets prepared themselves to sound. They stood ready. And verse 7 says, The first angel sounded, and there followed hail and fire mingled with blood, and they were cast upon the earth, and the third part of trees was burned up, and all the green grass was burned up. So the one problem we have is some people would see the grass and the trees and the sea as a reference to the people of the earth. I don't know if I do or not, and it may be both. But it just says that the trees, uh, a third part of the trees were burned up and all the green grass was burned up. And let me just say, as these trumpets come and as we think of the wrath of God, I see as I, as I read farther on into Revelation, that the mercy of God comes. It's like he's holding back his wrath and his judgment upon the people here on earth and he he gives them a chance and you see this third happening sometimes and it's because he and his mercy only does a third of the destruction that's given and I think later on we're going to find where it gets to be more severe and really severe and unimaginably the death destruction um, I'm I could be off on this, but I think, brothers and sisters, I don't think we really grasp what's going to happen to this world at the end times. I think we're sitting in a very calm, 
quiet environment. And these almost, if you want to say, laughable things in Revelation at times that you look at, well, how's that going to happen? They are going to happen. And it's because of the wrath of God upon the people. I'm getting ahead of my notes here, but in verse, at the end of chapter 10 or 9, and with revival it talks, the people refuse to repent. And like I said earlier, our, our minds, we've been born again and we understand repentance. We agree with God. Our mind has been changed and we're, we're in one spirit and communion with God. And yet, underneath that, in the sanctification area, if you want to say, there is things that we know to do. We know to do them. And we refuse to do them. And it's not a salvation issue. It's a matter of growing in Christ. And we just don't want to do it. And I can see the... I'm, I'm in chapter 9 now, as you know, in the end there. You can just imagine these people that refuse it as acknowledging God in a, in, a, in a great major way. And yet in our own lives, may God help us to not refuse to do what He wants us to in a growing and a learning a walk with Him. And I got really sidetracked here, I guess. But anyway, chapter 8, let's keep going. It says in verse 8, And the second angel sounded, and as it were, a great mountain burning with fire was cast into the sea, and the third part of the sea became blood. There is room to study about great mountain. It's an Old Testament term. I don't have much to say about it. Burning with fire, cast into the sea. Third part of the sea became blood. We're even afraid of a small portion, very small portion of blood, let alone a third of the sea to become blood. Uncomprehensible. You, you can't think that. Like How? And it says a third part of the creatures. It's going in verse 9. Which were in the sea and had life, they died. And the third part of the ships were destroyed. Verse 10, and, there th and the third angel sounded, and there fell a great star from heaven, burning as it were a lamp, and it fell upon the third part of the rivers and upon the fountains of waters. And the name of the star, verse 11, is called Wormwood. And the third part of the waters became Wormwood. And many men died of the waters because they were made bitter. Here again, it's a little hard to know what might be taking place, but as we look at wormwood, that's literally a weed. It's a plant, and it actually is uh, bad enough for you if you ate the right part of it or enough of it in the right way, it, you could, it could kill you. It's very bitter, I believe. Uh, it does have some medical benefits. There, It's kind of interesting to read down through there. Um, and all the names in my mind can't quite pull up, uh, you know, everything about it. But it doesn't take much to go on Google and you can, you can look or in the encyclopedias and um, find out a little bit there. And I can't help but state to you, and you can check it for yourself. As all of you know, the war in Ukraine, um, and this has nothing to do with end times. It's just the way it holds out right now. But the, uh, in Ukraine, there was a nuclear plant called Chernobyl. And that was Russian-owned at one time. And there was an accident that happened there that the reactor melted down and released radiation, and it made a big, it was a, uh, a disaster. And I think it just heard or read a little bit there as I looked at it. The Russian troops had, had taken maybe that area over, and, and I don't know. It was back in the 80s, 86 or so when it happened, 1986, I want to say. Um, and what, what happened there to that region around about, and there is a monument there, I didn't know this, of an angel with a trumpet. It's big, and it's in the town. It's an angel, it's a crude one, but it's an angel blowing a trumpet. 
And it gives reference to the verses here in Revelation. And get a little bit farther on, don't hold this as truth, but just as speculation, that there was a vision given to somebody that actually saw um, this that was going to happen ahead of time, that this destruction was going to take place of this nuclear accident. Um, I don't know if I totally believe it, but there, people could really put a lot of speculation and um, you know, try to line things up, and I don't know, but there, um, you can't ignore it, put it that way. Verse 12, and the fourth angel sounded, and the third part of the sun was smitten, and the third part of the moon, third part of the stars. So as the third part of them was darkened, and the day shone not for a third part of it, and the night likewise. We're going to get some darkness, but only a third of it, the stars, the moon, and the sun. Verse 13, And I beheld and an angel flying through the midst of heaven, saying with a loud voice, Woe, woe, woe to the inhabitants of the earth by the reason of the other voices of the trumpet. Sorry, reason of the other voice, voices of the trumpet of the three angels which are yet to sound. There is a break between the first four trumpets and the last three. It's happened before in Revelation. I don't know why. Uh, the number four could represent some things. The number three represents some things. But whoa, whoa, whoa is look out. You take warning. This is going to be pretty bad. You don't want to be part of it. And if you are ready, we will begin in chapter nine and read about the last. I guess we only get two of them in chapter nine. We'll, later on, we get to the seventh one. Chapter 9, and let's read the uh, entire chapter. And the fifth angel sounded, and I saw a star fall from heaven unto the earth, and to him was given the key of the bottomless pit. And he opened the bottomless pit, and there arose a smoke out of the pit, as the smoke of a great furnace. And the sun and the air were darkened by reason of the smoke of the pit. And there came out of the smoke locusts upon the earth, and unto them was given power, as the scorpions of the earth have power. And it was commanded them that they should not hurt the grass of the earth, neither any green thing, neither any tree, but only those men which have not the seal of God in their foreheads. And to them it was given that they should not kill them, but that they should be tormented five months. And their torment was as the torment of a scorpion when he striketh a man." And in those days shall men seek death, and shall not find it, and shall desire to die, and death shall flee from them. And the shapes of the locusts were like unto horses prepared unto battle, and on their heads were, as it were, crowns like gold, and their faces were as the faces of men. And they had hair as the hair of women, and their teeth were as the teeth of lions." And they had breastplates, as it were, breastplates of iron. And the sound of their wings was as the sound of chariots, of many horses running to battle. And they had tails like unto scorpions, and there were stings in their tails, and their power was to hurt men five months. And they had a king over them, which is the angel of the bottomless pit, whose name in the Hebrew tongue is Abaddon, but in the Greek tongue hath his name Apollyon. One woe is past, and behold, there come two woes more hereafter. And the sixth angel sounded, and I heard a voice from the four horns of the golden altar, which is before God, saying to the sixth angel, which had the trumpet, Loose the four angels which are bound in the great river Euphrates. And the four angels which were loosed, which were prepared for an hour and a day and a month and a year, for to slay the third part of men. And the number of the army of the horsemen were two hundred thousand thousand, and I heard the number of them. And thus I saw the horses in the vision, and them that sat on them, having breastplates of fire, and of jacinth and brimstone, and the heads of the horses were as the heads of lions, and out of their mouth issued fire, and smoke and brimstone. By these three was the third part of men killed, 
by the fire and by the smoke and by the brimstone which issued out of their mouths. For their, ma- for their power is in their mouth and in their tails. For their tails were like unto serpents and had heads which with them they do hurt. And the rest of the men which were not killed by these plagues yet repented not of the works of their hands that they should not worship devils and idols of gold and silver and brass and stone and of wood which neither can see nor hear nor walk. Neither repented they of their murders nor of their sorceries nor of their fornication nor of their thefts. Jump back to verse 1 here in 9. We have a star which had fallen from heaven. Most likely we think of as Satan when he left the heavenly realms. When he was cast out. um, And yet uh, it says about that he um, was given a key to the bottomless pit. Some people get a little bit back and forth. They're not sure. And I don't always know either. And it says in verse 2, And he opened the bottomless pit, and there arose a smoke out of the pit, as the smoke of a great furnace. And the sun and the air were darkened by reason of the smoke of the pit. This is uh, the place where um, dead people get held. And if you were dead in Christ or dead in the works of Satan... Um, you would end up in two different places. And you could be in this, they're not sure, but there's also um, indications about the angels that followed Satan, that disobeyed God. In First Peter talks about that their angels are chained in darkness. And I think that's a little bit where it is here, um, describing this. Uh, in verse 3 is where some of this difficulty comes from it says and there came out of the smoke locusts upon the earth and they were given power as the scorpions of the earth have power i'll just point out that um oh i think it's coming up a little bit later it talks about five months and the life cycle of a locust is approximately about five months the growing season and you know you kind of in springtime down through into summer and maybe late into fall you, you kind of have that five month area in there that's um what i read is indicated by five months that a locust could do that that's its time that it has um and in verse four it was commanded that them that they should not hurt the grass of the earth neither any green thing, neither any tree, but only those men which have not the seal of God in their foreheads. I guess I just need to tell you that these are demons, near as I can tell reading and what it is. That's a subject all of itself. What do you say about it? Um, you, you You heard what was read in the sixth trumpet. You have more uh, peculiar, uh, unknown things of you know, an army of these um, things on horses, and we don't know what they really are, or I don't. um, But one thing given here that I think holds true, and that I need to, if nothing else, encourage you in, and that we need to trust in, is that the spiritual powers of darkness cannot touch us, brothers and sisters. We are in the security and safety of Jesus Christ, as long as we chose, choose or so we choose that. If you go out of that, that is bringing your own destruction upon yourself, as God would if He desires. You see the destruction or the. Uh, The command that they can go hurt anyone except those that are sealed. I think that is how it is in the spiritual realm. I have no experience with demon-possessed people. But the reason they were demon-possessed is because they gave opportunity for it to happen to them. 
as it, like I say, it's almost as it is their choice. And so these, here it says about that they can hurt them. They can uh, do things to them. And if you know or heard stories about somebody that was demon-possessed, they were in utter misery. They, they were totally controlled by the powers of darkness. They, they couldn't get out of it. They were in it. And by the power of God and the choice of a person, they could come out of it. But that's where those demons are allowed to go. And I think that is today. Um, as we know it, it may be worse as it comes. But, And I personally have had struggles and doubts with this. And the um, internal battle in my mind as to whether Satan could physically get a hold of me. To the point where fear almost drove you into panic. Where you lay in bed and you just don't move for a few seconds until the peace of God comes to you and says, Satan can't do this. It's torment until we rest in the security of God. We got to keep going. Uh, verse 5, it says, And to them it was given that they should not kill them, but they, they should be tormented five months. And their torment was at the torment of a scorpion when he striketh a man. I, I thought I was going to be able to cruise through my notes this morning. I can't. When a scorpion stings somebody, and I read in the one book Mike had given me, that a man said, yeah, he's been stung by a scorpion. He said, it wasn't bad. This is not even as bad as a bee sting. But he said a few hours later, he started getting a little woozy, a little lightheaded, and he couldn't think quite straight. And a couple hours later, well, then he was fine again. The sting of a scorpion has venom in it. And it's, uh, what do you call it? A, a, I'm not a doctor. Neuro, neurotoxin? Like it, it, it damages some of your... Uh, um, uh, maybe nervous system. I'm not quite sure. There's lots of, in the brain, in the uh, spinal cord. Uh, and as we think of how a scorpion would do that, and people die from them if it goes, goes long enough or bad enough. I, and there's different kinds of scorpions. I, you read a little bit and you're like, oh, can't study into all that. But the point here would be is, is that if that's the way a scorpion works, they sting you and they get you a little bit woozy about it, then your senses aren't sharp enough, and then you don't think straight, and then that becomes reality, then, then you get stung again, you get a little bit worse, and it's almost like if you're not paying attention, you're going to drift right down through this, you're going to get inoculated, and toxins going to get in you, and you'll just right down through, and it comes in such a subtle way that like this person said, he got stung, didn't think about it, but the effects were there that we don't realize. And it says that um, about as the torment of a scorpion when he striketh a man. And I do believe that it can hurt when that does happen. And I've read too then in other places where someone gets hurt, they're almost rolling on the floor in pain from it. And so I, it can be taken quite a few different ways there. And it must be pretty bad depending on what, what and how it happens. But in verse 6 it says, In those days shall men seek death and shall not find it, desire to die, and death shall flee from them. Do you know how it is to catch a chicken and you're right up to the chicken and you, you grab it and it's, it's always that split second ahead of you. You can ask my wife about catching them. They get on the nest, uh, the eggs where the belts are and they're not supposed to be in there and then you have to like reach in try to catch them and you get right there and they're gone. You missed it. And these men are just like, I want to die, and they can't. What a horrible state to be in. Anyway, verse 7, in the shapes of the locusts. Now, this gets harder yet. I'm just going to give it to you real quick. They're like horses. They have crowns like gold. There's a lot of likes, a simile thing here. And 
I must point out, since I got on the crowns thing about what it is, this is another crown, not of a diadem of power, but one of victory again, that, that wreath that's around it. These creatures, these beings, are victorious in their kingdom as being under the one that came out of the bottomless pit, as it says there in verse 11. Um, they, had, they were like horses, like crowns like gold, faces were as the faces of men, had hair as the hair of women, teeth were as the teeth of a lion, and they had breastplates like breastplates of iron. The sound of their wings was as the sound of many horses and chariots rushing to battle, and tails like unto scorpions that could sting men for five months. I think I said enough, I'll let you decide what all that is. I must pull out one thing. The issue for us today as we run into is, how, what do you do with hair, women's hair and the covering? It's a big issue. If you read scripture here, it says, hair as the hair. i got to find it for sure, make sure I'm reading it right. And they had hair as the hair of women. I don't have to ask you. Just leave it at this. Was that short hair or was that long hair? Was it covered hair or was it uncovered hair? I'll let you decide on that. Okay, verse 11, it says, And they had a king over them, which is the angel of the bottomless pit, whose name in the Hebrew tongue is Abaddon, but in the Greek tongue hath his name Apollyon. Those names, uh, one who destroys or destruction, or destroyer, that's the meaning of it. It's, it's destruction. Verse 12, one woe is past, behold, two more woes hereafter. And then 13 is the sixth trumpet, says the sixth angel sounded, and I heard a voice from the four horns of the golden altar, which is before God. We don't think about the altar, but there's four horns on the altar, and those horns represent power. I kind of forgot about that. I remember studying altars somewhat. But those horns are a, there's, there's power, if you want to say, in the means of the Old Testament. They, they go, if that was their last thing, their last effort before they were killed, they would go run and hang on to the horns of the altar. It was like there's something there with the altar. And we know that the redemptive blood was put on the four corners of the altar. And that is the redeeming blood of Jesus Christ that we can have today. It says about heard a voice coming from the four horns of the golden altar, which is before God. And that voice said, saying, this is in 14, saying to the sixth angel, which had the trumpets, loose the four angels, which are bound in the great river Euphrates. There could be a lot of studying just in Euphrates, that river from basically from day one mentioned way back in Genesis um, and what all could be there, I, I, didn't, uh, I didn't do much just because of the time it takes and, you know, how do you, how do you go about this at times. Um, that is in uh, 14, and it's telling, the voice is telling the sixth angel to loose four angels bound at the river. Not exactly sure there again what all that is, but as the four angels are loosed, they were prepared for a day, an hour, a month, and a year. Somebody reading it, it's like that makes it a specific point in time. There's not much wiggle room when it says an hour, a day, a month, a year. Like it just keeps bringing it right down to this point in time, right here. Now when that is, I don't know. But as soon as they were um, released or loosed, it says that in, in verse 15, to slay the third part of men. Is there 8 billion men on people on the earth? I don't know what a third of 8 billion is, but that's way more than there would ever been before, I think. A third of 8 billion would be 369. It would be 2 point something billion people. I did my math quick there. Verse 16. The number of the army of the horsemen were 200,000 thousand. I heard the number of them. I don't know where this army came from. If it's the army of all these demons from earlier uh, in the chapter, or if this is a, 
I don't see how it could be a physical army because we read what the description is. It says, And thus I saw the horses in the vision, and them that sat on them having breastplates of fire and of jacinth and brimstone. And the heads of the horses were as the heads of lion, lions, and out of their mouth issued fire and smoke and brimstone. And just keeping on going here. And by these three was the third part of men killed. And I think that connection goes from verse 15 to verse 18. That is talking about the same third of the people killed, and it tells you how they're killed. Smoke, brimstone, and fire that comes out of their mouths. Now, is it out of the horses' mouths, or is it out of the riders' mouths? I don't know. I think it said about, and out of their mouths issued fire, smoke, and brimstone. It's a little hard to know what it is there. But then in 19, for their power is in their mouth and in their tail, and their tails were like unto serpents, and had heads, and with them they do hurt. And then 20 and 21 is about the ones that didn't repent. Did you ever see a little cartoon character of a demon or the devil? I hadn't really thought about it before, but they always have a tail. And at the end of the tail, there was always this little thing already. I've, and, and I don't know, just in me, I had a visual picture of like a something on the end. I don't know exactly what it was, but here it, and it, it actually says it's like unto a snake, serpent, like the head of a snake on the end of the tail. And how do people know that stuff? I, I kind of marvel at, we don't know very much and yet we know a whole lot. Anyway, do I have much yet to say? I'm not sure. It says that they went to slay. Part of God's judgment, I think part of his wrath, killing men. And I need to say this yet. I still wrestle with how much of Revelation, if you remember way back, the views of Revelation, there's a view out there that says the whole book of Revelation is spiritual. I'm not quite ready to go that far. But I really wonder how much of this is talking about the battle between Satan wanting as many souls as he can get and Jesus Christ providing all that he can that people can choose. And it's one big mess, one big spiritual battle taking place. Don't want to confuse you. You turn around and say all that, and then it's like, oh, a lot of the commentaries say that the smoke and the fire and the brimstone, that's actually just shots from guns. You know, the old black powder where it smells like smoke and they got the, or fire or uh, sulfur maybe a little, and you got, the, you got the smoke coming out and a little bit of fire, and that kills people. Well, sure it does. If you shoot somebody with a gun, yes, that's, they're going to die that way. Um, there's some... Some people would read into it that way. I, I don't really know. I'm not sure if it matters a whole lot. Um, that's why I say I look at it a little more that it's not so important how people died physically here on earth as I think Jesus is wanting to keep people spiritually from being killed. Take that for how whatever it's worth. But then verse 20, 21 I'll just read it again. The rest of the men which were not killed by these plagues, okay? And I think these plagues would be, I mean, immediately previous is the fire and the smoke and the brimstone. I don't know, maybe there was more plagues uh, referred to farther back. Um, but it says, were not killed by these plagues, yet repented not of the works of their hands, that they should not worship devils, and idols of gold and silver and brass and stone and wood, which neither can see nor hear nor walk. Neither repented they of their murders, nor of their sorceries, nor of their fornication, nor of their thefts. And I could, I want to bring it to a close here, but there is, I want you to be aware of things, at least for me how I read it, and yet, you, I, I don't want to confuse you, but do we wrestle with idols of gold and silver today? Sorry, but I do. I work day in, day out, and a lot of my life revolves around gold and silver. Talking about money. 
Now, I don't know about the brass and stone and wood, but they're around us too. If you want to say um, all the things that we have. And then in 21, neither repented they of their murderers, nor of their sorceries, nor of their fornication, nor of their thefts. See, those things are major. And we don't necessarily identify with those things as much. Um, the only thing that I see here yet that really <clears throat> I see it as a problem today among us in this little word sorceries. And I don't know if it's a problem of lack of education. But the Greek word for sorceries is the same that we use today, and it's the word pharmacy. Now, I don't know if many of you knew that or not, but I don't know if I need to say a whole lot more. But the Greek word pharmacy, it's, it's in a little bit different form, but it's where we get pharmacy. And... We know what drugs do to us today. And what I'm saying for you this morning is, is that you could get on the one side over here, we could get split into differences and opinions and all kinds of views. And I'm be open to say like vaccines, um, anything in drugs to... Uh, different treatments, you can get like a whole bunch of things that have to do with the mind. Now wrestling through those brothers and sisters, just put them in a little bit of a box. It's not a very clear box, I know, but what it's saying here about sorceries is the deception that goes behind it. And may we have wisdom. And I know over here in this side, do you, some would say, yes, it's deception. Like the pharmaceutical companies are deceiving us and this and that and the other. And they may be. We don't know. Right? Or do we? No. Yes. No. All right. Just confuse yourself all you want. But make sure, people, that you... Know over on this side that when it talks about sorceries, that you're falling for something that is 100% controlled by Satan and darkness, and you can't get out of it. Please try to, and it gives me a little bit of freedom to breathe there, that it's okay if, we don't know in today's pharmaceuticals what all they're doing. Somebody dies from it. It's like horrible. Well, yeah, maybe. We don't know all that. But you would over here know when somebody is being deceived and the witchcraft and the deception that all can be with it. That is at least what we know and we got to stay away from. And you can relax a little bit. I don't know if any of you deal with some of those things or not. Today's world can be very, very complicated. But you see these, how major this is. We're talking about murders. That's over here. You know whether it's murders right or wrong. Sorceries. You know whether it's right or wrong. Keep it to where it's major. And then it says fornication. We know what sexual immorality is. And then it says thefts. We know that as well. So keep those things. Uh, I'm an inadequate preacher. I hope you realize. I mean that those things are, and we don't we don't necessarily partake of them. Like I said at the beginning, what what are you? What are you going to face in this week of revival? What, what are you going to... It's not going to be murders or sorceries or fornication or thefts. I, I kind of don't think so. 
And praise God for that. We don't have to be held and in all those evil things in a you know horrible past and dealing with those things. Um, but the uh, question is, well, what what are we going to work on then? I, I don't really know. I think that's an individual choice for each of you to decide what God's going to do in your life. What God's going to do in my life, that's my business, what I need to deal with. What God's going to do in your life, that's your business. You get to choose what you're going to do. And the trumpet's going to be blown. We read about six of them. I think Roy's going to blow the trumpets eight times. He's not going to bring a trumpet and actually blow a trumpet, but... I think the trumpet will be blown eight times this week. And it's our job to listen until one day, confuse you again, which trumpet sounds that is the end? Is it one of these seven trumpets here? I don't know. Talks about a trumpet sounding at some point. But then we'll be caught up and... Meet the Lord in the air, um, whenever that will be. That, we will hear a trumpet eventually one of those days. But um, hopefully you can not be confused by what's given here. I know there's lots of different things. Um, and I have a little note here yet. Apologies for holding you up. Repentance means... As it says here, the rest of the men which were not killed by these plagues yet repented not. And then 21, it says, neither repented they. Repentance means to change your way of thinking. It also includes a 180. You're Instead of going that way, you turn around and you go the other way. But the root is that your mind has to change first of all. And that is maybe hard for stubborn people like me. That your way of thinking would be changed. When God tells us to change our thinking, are we willing to do it? Closed my Bible too soon. Let's stand for...